July 21st, 1996. Independence Day was the top-grossing film for the third week, creating the formula Will Smith plus Aliens equals box office gold, which After Earth would later destroy. The Daily Show premiered, no, not that one, the one with Craig Kilborn. At the Atlanta Olympics, the Magnificent Seven stuck the landings in all of our hearts. Meanwhile, in Vancouver, British Columbia, the People's Posse took on Camp Cornette at In Your House International Incident. This is Hell in a Cell Phone. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. I'm Aaron Benoit, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host as always. First up, Bobby Hankinson. Hi, everybody. Bobby, how was 1996 for you? Oh my god, I had the best, uh, like, blowout, like the best, like, blow-dried back poop hair. <laughs> I was thinking it was a different kind of blowout. No. <laughs> oh, wow. I wish I was <laughs> um, But I definitely did also have a leather zebra print Shawn Michaels motorcycle hat, um, which I will mention on every episode, as long <laughs> as he wears it at the pay-per-view. Um, yeah, I just brought it up so that I could bring up the fact that I was just moved to Maryland, I was miserable, and I had to go see Independence Day with my mom because I didn't have any friends yet. Oh. It was like the most angst-filled time. And, and I wasn't even watching WWE at the time, so I didn't even have that to fill the time. It was just staring at the walls. I was watching WWE like, as it was happening in 96 at this point, and uh, this is probably the last year that I was like friends with like the neighborhood boys. We're like, we'd all like run out and play tag and we'd play like... <laughs> was, it, was it like uh, Spanky and Buckwheat and Alfalfa? You know, the neighborhood boys. We found a tire once and we rolled it down the street. Honestly, pretty much. Uh, that's generally what it was. Then we were all like, oh, now we're all in puberty. And I was like, oh, I'm super gay. I don't want to do any of this sports shit anymore. Uh, we also have Eric Silver as well. Hello. You heard me before I, I was introduced, but it's... It's okay. <laughs> if you remember from last time, Eric has never seen any of this. Uh, this is all brand new to him, and uh, he is uh, our gateway into the WWE of the past. Yeah, I've only seen this special now maybe three times, which I feel like makes me a real noob. <laughs> so the special that he's talking about is In Your House International Incident. It took place in July 1996, Vancouver, British Columbia, um, and I guess we should just get right into it. Yeah. I liked, uh, I liked right at the very beginning, even when they were with the TVPG for suggestive dialogue on this one here. Yeah. That's a pretty, uh, it's an understatement I'd say. Yeah. Well, but... it basically that, that is entirely for Jerry Waller and just him being an ass. The, in, the entire pay-per-view. Suggestive dialogue Su- yeah. right there. <laughs> Boy, he I was mean, an arse. I do love that when they cut to the superstar line. Um, that things also got kind of hot in that oh area my God. too. <laughs> you had to get too far ahead, but I mean, yeah, you went too far ahead because there's so much I have to say. We talk about, about suggestive line. language um, on the party line. They're essentially pushing. <laughs> uh, well, it started with uh, with earlier tonight where uh, Vader attacked uh, Jose Lothario, who uh, just he can be on every single pay per view. Jose Lothario, just a wonderful, wonderful man. Why do they always bring up that he's got a switchblade? Like, every time he's got a switchblade, it's so racist. It's, and yeah. also a little bit, like, boring, because it's the same shit. Oh, but yeah. yeah. It's that weird racism. Like, really? That's the one that you're going to... That's the stereotype that you're going to stick with? Uh, we got a, a new addition to the announce team tonight. Our first... I think the first appearance that we've seen of uh, Jim Ross. 
Oh, I mean, as far as we've seen, as yeah, far as he, we've uh, seen, yeah, yeah. On, on the 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 yeah, he and he, he was he seemed new to me. Who was the last one? Was it JB? Well, it no. was well, Owen Hart was doing guest commentary in the last yeah. one. Yes. Uh, so I think last time it was Vincent Kennedy, McMahon, Jerry Lawler, and Owen Hart. And now we've got got Jim Ross, who hasn't quite figured out what his shtick yet is. He's yep. got that that wonderful late '90s tuxedo shirt with no tie and the big button up at uh-huh. the top. Look. He also looks like every time I saw his face, he looked like he was in the middle of a stroke. Ooh, is that mean? So <laughs> funny. He's... You should bring it up. No. Uh, <laughs> He has Bell's palsy. Oh God! And so that uh, is uh, accurate. Good observation. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> accurate. You know, I didn't even write that in my notes. I just pulled that from Recall. Wow. Funny thing about Bell's palsy uh, on oh, Night Court. Okay, let's see where this goes. No, it's a funny. It's a great joke. No, uh, <laughs> on Night Court, the the person who originally played the the court clerk, who was supposed to be the love interest of uh, Harry Anderson. She had to leave 10 episodes into the first season because she had Bell's palsy and her face kind of like froze. Um, it cleared up later. But Waiting they, for the funny part. Or is it, is it just, just bringing up Night it's Court? It just makes that, you laugh. It's just funny that Bell's palsy was a thing in, the, in another fact that I know. <laughs> Not funny for any of the individuals. And I, <laughs> sure. You're like, listen, I'm a huge uh, supporter and ally to the Bell's palsy community. I know all of their I know all two of the figures. Yeah. You are seen. <laughs> First match of the night was the Smoking Guns versus the Body Donnas. Wow, He's... what hypes a crowd more than kicking things off with a non-title tag team? <laughs> match? And why was it a non-title? Like, what? What was the uh, the reasoning behind? It's a pay per view. Might as nope, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, and I do love, I do want to give it up to the Smoking Guns, A, for being smoking hot, but B, also for, I believe, pioneering the art of wrestling in jeans, uh, that, a, a, a art we've seen carried on today by one oh, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose <laughs> lives it. The lunatic fringe. Before we get too far into this, can I ask, why is it an international incident? Because it's in Canada. Oh, that makes more sense. I was just like, what is going on? Why are you naming it like this? <laughs> they used to film yeah. primarily almost... I think for a while exclusively at Madison Square Garden for a very long time. Uh, that was like their home base, kind of like NXT always filming in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always they filmed Madison Square Garden, uh, and they would film Raw weeks at a time, which also explains in the pre-show why they were like Ultimate is suspended, but then he was also on that episode of Raw and got beat up by Camp Cornette because like that was already filmed before he skipped out. Yeah, so he was like Ultimate Ultimate Warrior got, is like suspended indefinitely. What was the real reason? Ultimately? For real, for a reason, he, he didn't just, show up. Yeah. He didn't show up to house shows. There's a bigger, larger contract negotiation thing happening behind the scenes, where I think he was upset. I want to say about merchandise sales, something with like not getting cut, or it might have been something with booking. Decisions. They didn't sell enough streamers. <laughs> they, were, they weren't pushing his streamers Face like you want. But whatever it was, he was there was an actual like real uh, disagreement with management, and so he no showed a bunch of dates, and they literally actually fired him. But what's we need to keep in mind during this, specifically this pay-per-view that's, like, kind of interesting is that this is when WCW is, like, catching fire. Like, right now is when, like, NWO is, like, happening and, like, it's getting very exciting and cool over there. And this is what WWF is doing. See, it's funny because I, I did notice that, um, and this is going far ahead, but Heartbreak Kid uh, at one point said, what you gonna do? And like and like said like when whatever rolls all over you and I was like that sounds like that's a Hulk Hogan thing are they had Hulk Hogan left for WCW oh, yeah. at this point yep. that's not cool yeah this is like the very like I this is like, like the 
the spark of the powder keg of the of the Monday Night Wars is like happening right now as we're watching. Okay, this. I mean, I really I think of I liken this part of uh, of WWF WWE's evolution to the Fast and the Furious movies. Like in the first one, they're just a bunch of street racers who you, like. Watch what you car- say because I have not seen past the first. Look, one. Look, all <laughs> you need to know is that they both get better when the Rock is at it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, and so eventually they'll get to the point where they're literal superheroes who can do just about anything. But back to this tag match, because we do have to cover it, even though it was not much to discuss. Well, I mean, there's a lot to discuss. I'm I'm sure every fan there was buzzing about the absence of Cloudy. (laughs) Oh my god, that promo! Which was explained away with, like, we decided we didn't need her anymore. I was like, what? (laughs) That's it? But this is also, like, a WWF that didn't, like, just drag bits out until, like, like, to death. Just a band. I mean, this whole pay-per-view is so full of just, like, ad hoc. Like, everyone is, like, flying by the seat of their spandex pants. Like, it is absolute insanity. I I really liked how the Body Donnas, at one point, they were like, we want to thank all the fans who sent us... The fans are now behind us. They, They sent us letters, and I think it was, like, emails... And telegrams to be our to be our new manager. It like was singing telegrams. There was actually. a line at Western Union of people just going, "Dear Skip, stop! I would like to be your manager. Stop! Uh, Send help." There was actually in in the raws leading up to this, there was a, um, a campaign where people could, were sending in videos, and the videos were going on, and each one is more awful than the one before. <laughs> this it. was a real thing. This was a real thing. They yeah. didn't read any of the telegrams. <laughs> I've never seen one in real life that hasn't been in a movie. Oh, they hadn't gotten to him yet. They were still waiting for the Pony Express to carry him across the Mesa. It's like absentee ballots in elections. They don't ever actually get to them. There was so much happened here and so little that happened here at the same time. Uh, At one point, I liked when Vince McMahon started talking about the Godwins for some reason. And JR tried to bail him out and be like, I think you mean... The body down, and he's like, "Nope, no, I did. I meant the Godwins. That's what I meant. Don't correct me. That's exactly what I meant." And you're like, "They're not in this match." So. He was talking about like who's got the most speed, speed. and also the Godwins are two huge hillbillies. You're like, they're not known for their speed, Vince. Did he mean speed like the drug? Yeah, I think they're all on speed. Uh, um, I do. I need to say, Vince McMahon is a pretty good announcer. Yeah, yes, 100%. I agree. Like, 100%. As far as like the history of WWE, I would put Vince McMahon probably in the top. Five? Oh yeah oh yeah he's got a very steady voice sometimes he i mean i guess this is just part of the game but like sometimes he called it before it happened he's like oh he's gonna put him in a in a tombstone no i was wrong he didn't put him in a tombstone no he'll put him in a tombstone like it was almost like he was looking at a script and going this is the time for the tombstone but also uh i mean he probably he knows what's happening i mean he's still kind of like running the show at this point and uh I feel like everyone's screwing up. <laughs> like I feel like that was the 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 smoking guns missed like this like that leapfrog spot on the ropes and it was so embarrassing. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. the crowd gave them like a sarcastic standing ovation. I mean, like <laughs> that was pretty good. Like we, I feel like I this was a good reminder that I feel like watching WWE today and seeing the crowd kind of like be sarcastic and like know it all and like be smart because I'm like no better. I was like, oh, that's like a recent thing, and it's. Not no, no. They were always doing that. They were doing that this entire show. The show in particular because it was so bad. No, it's just back then. It's the a- audience looked like a bunch of goblins. So. <laughs> but also, they were, I think they were uh, the engine that starts to do better stuff in terms yeah. of storytelling, offensive sure. stuff and whatever. But we could go. We'll go. We'll get to all of that. But 
this was a, such a bad pay-per-view and this match was really bad and was badly wrestled and like everything about it was, it not was bad and had no stakes. Can I ask you, did you know Harvey Wimpleman? Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about Harvey Wimpleman I'm... because Harvey Wimpleman just looks like um, like the ninth stereotypical 1980s like the doorbell rings for the date. I'm like, I'm so excited for my date with Steve the Hunk and it's Harvey Whippleman and he's got a flower and it falls over and it goes sad trombone. I have, uh, looks, Harvey Whippleman looks like he has to tell the neighbors when he moves in. (laughs) (laughs) I remember Harvey Whippleman as a heel, like, manager. I didn't remember him as a referee. This this was, uh, like uh, I didn't remember much about it. I'm him. sure some referee got, going by the rest of this pay-per-view, some referee got injured and they just had to throw him in at the last well, minute. Well, it's insane like, how many referee names I remember watching this. I was like, oh, there's Earl Hebner. Oh, there's Jimmy Corderius. I'm like, how do I remember the names of the referees from this? This is so, so terrible. So Wimpleman is definitely a stage name, right? It It's like Charles Atlas and some bullshit. Like, it's like... It might as well be like I look, Steve Limp Dickman. I, I look at that man and believe that he was born a Whippleman. <laughs> His family whippled before him. I am a son of a wimple. He does wear the Whippleman crest on his referee shirt. So Uh, we also, I I can't, I'd be remiss to leave this match and not talk about how hot the smoking guns are. I think that it's, it's my duty uh, to talk about it. I think Bart Gunn looks like a young Randy Orton. Anyone else get Randy Orton vibes? No, Randy Orton to me always looks like he is telling somebody to get out of his trailer. Um, But yeah, but you know, I so I like he just seems so on his own as like a look to me. But I, I also Randy didn't Orton, much I mean, because well, you know, a like contemporary Randy Orton. If you yeah. go back to when Randy Orton like started de- debuting in the uh, ruthless aggression era, he was just like a kind of like a like an Abercrombie model that was bitten by a radioactive spider. <laughs> sort of, <laughs> oh, is that where the voices come from? Yeah. <laughs> um, we also need to talk about the amazing acting job that Sonny uh, did. Sonny's oh. collapse, I put, it, it's like gone with the wind level. <laughs> She's like fanning herself at one point. And then she, when she looks directly at the camera and is like, I'm not actually hurt. <laughs> this is all a ploy. I had just read this week one of those like pro wrestling history posts about Sonny specifically and Skip, because Sonny and Skip were an item. Oh. Skip, real name Chris Candido, overdosed. Like one of the big, like one Was of the. Was Skip like, the, the more attractive of the body donors? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Neither of them were that attractive. Zip is Tom Pritchard, who's actually still a really important backstage trainer, who like did a lot of training, like worked a lot with the women specifically. Like he's really great, but he was, Zip is. Stupid. He's also the one who decided they should put triangles on their crotches to accentuate things. <laughs> hey, I'm not complaining. Um, <laughs> but Skip and Sunny were dating. But also Sunny, I like read so much crap about Sunny. How she slept with everyone. Like well, literally like, that Jezebel. Like no, but she slept with the entire clique. Like she slept with Shawn Michaels all the time. She slept with British Bulldog. She slept with all of all of the guys. British Bulldog was a married man. Oh yeah. <gasps> Also, and they all and they all kind of treated her like garbage, like in the worst way. She got slopped once by the Godwins, and the night they were going to slop her, all of the guys jerked off in the slop bucket before they. <gasps> no, that's yeah, not that professional. It, this is like the level. This is like the WWF at its worst is what we're in right now. I actually think this is it's worse now than it will get. It'll get worse on screen, on, but I think yeah. this is the worst off screen that it ever was can i tell you on that on that note can i tell you kind of a a sad story uh when i've when i've watched these when i when i've every time i've watched the pay-per-view i've been like man sunny's very attractive so obviously i looked and there is a porn clip where 
it's it's like it's something about like sunny naked and i was like okay well let's see what this is it's her in a photo shoot and it's basically her like her just kind of taking photos and trying to take off her top for two minutes not being able to do it and there's like an aerosmith b-side playing in the background it's that all trash the most pathetic thing i was like oh this this is not even like this isn't even fun porn it's just it's just sad and you made me sadder thank you i just have a very weird psychosexual relationship with sable and i still like even to this day can't unpack it properly like i was infatuated with her in a way that doesn't make any sense because like clearly i wasn't interested in her sexually Mm -hmm. but i like was like in love with her in a way that made no sense uh but that was my. I never cared for Sunny. Listen, I we're all on the spectrum. Sable. Yeah, Sable was always like. I yes, mean, I also had it for Sable, but I had the, I had so the much. Sable Playboy, so I got I got over it. You got quickly. you you worked through that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this match was useless, and nothing happened, and it was very poorly wrestled. I mean, they really the spots they missed were insane. The it would end with a missile drop kick. It's like cool, 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 cool. Oh, I actually, I was like, good finishing flying kick off the top rope, but I'm wrong. Oh, I was, it wasn't great. And also, again, didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so one thing I, I noticed was, I mean, first of all, we, we kind of talked about this before we started, but um, Jerry Lawler's commentary, like, was at an all-time, I don't want, I don't know if you want to say, like, low or high, but it was absolutely terrible some of the quotes I have are, um, she'd been on so many blind dates, she's going to get a free dog. I, to be honest, laughed at that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one I was like, oh, that's actually kind of funny. <laughs> Boo. Sorry. That was no, like, it's, but hey, it is, look. This is bad. Oh, and but Eric, yeah, this Eric, is Eric, not Eric, you also worst. laughed at a, stro- at a stroke victim earlier in the podcast. Uh, I didn't so, laugh. Yeah. I just pointed it out. I didn't it, realize. Will, uh, Jerry Lawler will get so much worse. So much worse. This one's really good. Have you seen my Olympic medals laying around here? I want to show them to Sonny. What did you win those for? Don't worry about it. It's like he's making it harder on himself. (laughs) Why would you back yourself into that corner? (laughs) I just love that it's 1996. It's Atlanta Olympics. And they're like, you got to time the Olympics as much as possible. Like, Bring up the Olympics whenever you can, however you can. Doesn't matter how. This is what we're doing. Oh, he brought up a lot of movies. Oh my God! During the Goldust stuff, he brought yeah, up a lot of movies. Yeah, but that was Goldust's whole thing. Was that it's all movies? And he was really leaned to that gimmick back then. So, uh, so the Smoking Guns suffered the wrath of grapes as uh, oh, as God. they were. <laughs> no, that was Jake the Snake suffered the wrath of grapes. Is what he was saying. Oh, I throughout thought, no, yeah, that's. Oh, he, I thought it was when he got uh, when Billy got hit in the nuts no. and and sold it so no, beautifully. No, that is a that was like, beautiful. He landed an atomic drop, so he landed like your crotch first on someone's knee, and he just like walked around and just kind of like yep. shook for a you while. You know, as we all do. Yes, Billy Gunn is a great seller. You'll, mm-hmm. it, I always remember that as time goes on too. Also, very hot. Uh, but he was consistently making fun of Jake the Snake Roberts' sobriety the entire yeah, show. Yeah, that. Oh, oh really? That really, was, Bobby? I didn't notice but that. But that's what oh, he suffered it. the wrath. I actually of did not notice. What? Hold on. We'll. We'll. we'll okay. Yeah, we'll get there. But. He's Jade the Snake who suffered the first man who suffered the wrath of grapes because mm-hmm. he's a because he's a drunk. Got it. That's the wrath of grapes. Yeah. Fucking smart. Again, pretty good. Honestly, Once in a while, well. you know, I will that give it to him. That's a pretty good one. I gotta say, I hate what you're doing, but you're doing it well. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so that's when we went uh, backstage to Camp Cornette, and that's where um, where Jim Cornette accused Jose Lothario of pulling out a switchblade for absolutely no reason. 
Um, he also, he also, uh, I thought he was very gauche talking about money the way he was. <laughs> seven, eight, nine, ten million. Um, <laughs> counts millions. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen million. You know. But um, I have to say, so the British bulldog is undeniably a star in the ring. Every time he talks, it's like he's remembering how to speak again for the first time. <laughs> like he's an actual bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, was like, I'm in a human body? <laughs> my wife. Oh, boy. My wife, Diana, is going to stay in the locker room, which I thought was going to be 100% like she's going to come out of the locker room and that's going to be a major. Nope. nope. That was it. That was it. That Just was it. That part of the segment. British Bulldog, one of the only wrestlers at the time that I was like very, remember like very much having a crush on the British Bulldog. Mm. Yeah. Once he shaved like the the oh, the, uh, the, the Cancun braids off. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, his his Bahamas braids. Yeah, were, that like, had to go. But absolutely the worst. After that, I was like, mm, I, even as I was like, that's I'm into that. I, I really liked how Vader was photobombing the entire time. <laughs> it's like he's just like, hey guys, we're behind you. And I love how he was throwing stuff around the locker room the entire time, but you could barely see it. Like it was only in like the corner of the frame you'd see him throw a plastic trash can, and then it would just kind of like fly across the front right there just like i'm so angry i love vader i love it to this day i just i remember as a kid being like yeah i was like so into vader because like he was just like a big scary guy that did pretty cool stuff and to yeah. see he doesn't do this but to see vader do a moonsault which we'll see eventually at some point i forget like when he does it but he did it often and it's yeah he did a vader bomb cool. and the vader bomb was not impressive to me no, but it was a, it's a devastating finisher, Eric. Devastating. We'll yeah, get to that. I like it's, the Vader it's, bomb. It's been a while since we recorded our first episode of this, so we do need to acknowledge that Vader did pass in the interim from this year. But yeah. um, Good job, just Bobby. Like the, I, I was speaking to him with great reference. Yes, I think, well, we, I think we all have been. I don't, I I don't know. Vader. That's not what I remember. We'll have to listen to the tape back. <laughs> I love Vader. Also, like, big... I think we talked about this in the last episode, too, but I have to say, again, big up to the props department, to the mask department. They were really, like, pushing the limit of what a mask is because <laughs> this is like not really a mask as much as it is like a a bunch of uh like like straps rubber bands on a face. you know you, you know those you know those shoes that women wear where it's like, like gladiator it's sandals. like the straps that gladiator go sandals. All... Yeah. what's that gladiator sandals gladiator sandals yeah. it's like that but on a face but on a face exactly 100%. it's like that weird kid who put all the rubber bands around his face <laughs> back in uh middle school i Aaron, also want to say that was you <laughs> that kid no, that was when I was at home during that summer. Mom, <laughs> I said take a picture. Um, We're not going to see Independence Day again, but I'm going to my room with my bands. <laughs> <laughs> um, I one thing about the about Vader passing, uh, he passed at. I looked this up. He passed at age 63, and he was wrestling pretty much up until then. Which I think everyone was like, "Oh, Vader, he's he's a Hall of Famer." At some point, we have to acknowledge that, like, wrestling killed him, right? Actually, he's the one that I'm not as sure about, because he doesn't seem like he was, like, genetically the healthiest to start with. I guess. And he, being that he lived through as long as he did, I don't think he was, like, a wrestling killed him type I, as I much think... as he was, like, a... I don't, I don't, compared to like a Chris Candido skip who I was like, well, the wrestling industry killed you. Yeah. I mean, I think with Vader, I think the thing we, we need to focus more on was why he wasn't inducted into the hall of fame while he was alive. Because like he's been known that he was dying for about two years now. He and knew he was dying for two yeah, years. Yeah. He had like a heart thing. Yeah. So they were like, you don't got much time. So, and then he was like, well, might as well just keep wrestling on the indie circuit. I don't, uh, 
I want to check your sources on that one, Eric. Well, uh, Wikipedia <laughs> told me that he was wrestling until like two, 2017, but maybe I'm wrong. No, cause I, I, I don't think so. He was walking with, with uh, two crutches near the end there. I'm pretty sure. Um, we all know that that's what they use in ring. It's like the kendo sticks. Is that, is that worse or better than the Bell's palsy? <laughs> Vader was great though, and he was such like a great, like a great monster heel. But he's also like known as being like one of the the hardest people to like work with in the ring because he would like actually beat the shit out of you. Oof. So truly, everyone was like terrified to work with him because he would like honestly beat the shit out of them. He would just punch him in the head repeatedly. Like he was known to be like a really stiff worker and all this stuff. And I think it's just just good to know. Isn't that what they say? Like Ric Flair was like too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the old school guys. I feel like Andre the Giant. Uh, they, we got a lot of great revelations from him from that documentary. There's another side to that documentary, but uh, we don't need to go into that here. We can we can keep going. Well, okay. <laughs> well, uh, there's been there's been talk about how that documentary was also used to sanitize Hulk Hogan so he could be reinstated in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't think. Anyway, yeah. wow. <laughs> Eric has a lot of like hot takes on, on this. <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> I'm here and I boned up. But Vader also, like, his eyeball came out during a match once. Mm, you told me about this in every time. Yeah, I, I think we talked about this in the first okay, episode. I yeah, yeah, we talked about it. I, it's just that I can't nope. not think about it. You'll, anyway. you'll mention it next time. All right, but speaking so. of great masks, oh. also, Mankind. But, mankind, yeah. I think, one of the best um, characters ever made by the WWE. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And we, we went into that a lot last time. And but I feel like this is more an elegy for uh, for the Godwins yes. because they're just they're not long for the WWE and they're they're Phineas stays around for a very long time. Phineas will be there for many years still. In the same with the same shtick? Nope. Phineas will transition to a character called Minion and will be around for will be uh, paired with the Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness and all uh-huh. kinds of stuff for a very long time. So I stand by my earlier oh, statement that the, the Godwin, like the, that that kind of shtick is, is... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As the, the Monday Night Wars begin to heat up, that kind of thing is going to go... For, like the fun, like, hey, we're just a couple of fun yeah. hillbillies. Watch us dance in the ring. Well, we're in the transition from the part... I mean, we talked about this a little bit after the last episode, too, of like where everyone had a job mm-hmm. versus yeah. like... Then we went to these more like characters and person like rock starry kind of personas that were like just bigger and charismatic but this there was still coming to the point where like and he's the irs guy and he's the dentist and he's the cowboy and yeah. he's the clown and like all these things were that's the godwins were certainly came from that my note here is like the juxtaposition of mankind's music to that banjo and, and first of all, they didn't even play the banjo. I mean, I don't know what was going on with the banjo in the stadium, but that was like, that was some ADR shit where like the, they put the banjo in in post because it was just like pure banjo track. It, it didn't have any of that echo like you were recording in the stadium. But I have the note that this is a lot like that Polly Lou um, video where it's on above average, where it's the Dark Knight uh, and 60s Robin where it's like Bane versus Batman, and then 60s Robin shows up, and he's like, <laughs> Gee Willikers, Batman, boing, zap! And like he just gets beat the fuck down. That's what this match felt like to me, because Mankind is like a different level. Well, yeah, well, you, you also need to realize that Henry, Henry Godwin wasn't supposed to originally wrestle this match. It was what? originally supposed to be Mankind versus Jake the Snake. Now, apparently nobody told um, Jerry the King Lawler that it wasn't Jake the Snake, because he spends the entire match just bashing Jake the Snake. 
the snake and his alcohol alcoholism. Wait, I missed all of that. So this is a, this, this is again the, this is behind the scenes. The bashing Jake the Snake is on purpose. Yeah, it's setting up there. They're gonna have a. They're gonna go into yeah. a program. Spoiler, Eric. Yeah, they're yeah, going into well. a program. So this was that was all done on purpose. But Jake the Snake did not wasn't at was the last minute replacement replaced by this. And I can't imagine the crowd was happy about it. It's like, imagine being sold like, oh, you're going to see Roman Reigns versus Triple H. And then you show up that day and they're like, never mind. You're going to see Roman Reigns versus... uh Gold dust. No, no, no. Worse. No, Mojo Rawley. Like, no, it's no. like a tag team that no one cares. Uh, versus like uh, Connor from The Ascension. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, that's not, that would... So I think, honestly, what happens, the crowd was probably booing so much. I think that in the... the Video, they probably muted it and added the entrance music back in post. Oh. Because WWE loves to do that. They will go back and they will mute. Even like if you watch stuff now, like with Roman Reigns or whatever that we watch live, you go back and watch some other, like watch it again on WWE Network, they'll mute the boost, the crowd, they'll do stuff oh, like that. Oh, God. I keep so there's for, a I good like, chance that that's what you're, you're noticing. At every, at every point, I always wind up noticing how fascist. Vince McMahon and WWF slash WWE are. Do you think do you think Stephanie will be better? A hundred percent. I think Triple H and Stephanie will be way better. A hundred percent. Well, I mean, we're already seeing that. NXT yeah. is just it's such an amazing product. Yeah. As much as I love WWE right now. Yeah, and there's parts of, obviously I enjoy it a lot, but I think Stephanie has a much more of a business savvy and is less like Vince McMahon has a lot of weird sexual kinks. Yes. And he's like a not stable person. And I think like he puts that injects it into the product. Very in good ways announcer, that are though. So gross. Yeah, he's, he's, well, he's got um, fully functioning facial muscles. Oh. So for you already, that puts him right. pretty high up. It helps when you right, can Eric? move your jaw. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so I don't know. Did, did, did we? We didn't really get anything new as far as mankind, as far as like his development as a character in this one here. No, this was not the mankind spotlight. I have a note though that first of all, a couple things. Uh, I think Mankind wore a weave because hair does not tear out that easily or it was pre-torn. The, he would just kind of like, he just kind of like, it went, it came out so easily. There's no way he was like really pulling out a giant tuft of hair like that. I, I don't think know. It was I, I, I think he was. I believe it. Like, I really do. And he had the bald spots in his head and I'm like. Like it might, it might be a work. Like it I could be a work, a work. But, but I could, I could totally buy he it. He may have pre-cut some pieces before the matches, but I mean, like, he got big old bald chunks in his head, and he's a crazy person. I agree. I agree. But I mean, I still, I still think, I think you got, I think you guys got worked a little bit. I'm gonna say, <laughs> is that is that the the verb I can yeah. use? We got worked. <laughs> nice job, Um I, I also, oh, what were you gonna say? Uh, no. I was also gonna say, um, doesn't matter if it's whatever the guy the guy is from. Um, wait, Hog. Yeah, Henry O. Godwin. Henry O. Godwin. And Phineas I. Godwin. And- yeah, no, I get it. Uh, so this was this was Henry, mm-hmm. right? So even doesn't matter who it is, uh, mankind immediately makes any match better. Mm-hmm. Yes. There was there was a concrete fall that was great. That bump was. I mean, those are the kind of bumps we don't see anymore because there is truly they're just killing that man. That's why he cannot. That's why he like has a limp now because like poor dude. There's no. I mean, like that. Those are the bumps that. You, you, there's nothing. There was no trickery there. Like Ugh. he's just being thrown onto concrete, and it hurts. I, I also have a note that uh, I think the mandible claw in like yeah in, in Henry Godwin is almost like like glove hygiene versus mouth hygiene. It's like when <laughs> when they both like have a a beam against each other, and you're like, who's gonna win? Like 
I don't want to put my finger in Henry Godwin's mouth, and I don't want like like mankind's finger in my mouth. There's no winner there. They <laughs> both al- lose. But also the physics of the mandible claw, where it's just yeah, putting a finger in somebody's mouth until they pass out. Yeah, I'm very confused. I think what they were selling at the time was that there's a pressure point under the tongue. <laughs> Like, that's, I think, what it was. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that from science. <laughs> I, thought he w- I thought he was a choking victim, and he was clearing out the, the airway so he could eventually do CPR. It is one of the more ridiculous things. The last thing about the match uh, is it occurred to me when I watched it the third time, uh, is, is the victory music for Mankind supposed to be, like, the, the calming music that soothes the animal because like there's it's different music right the, the the music that he comes out to is a little bit more like silence of the lambs and the music that he leaves to when he wins is more like twin peaks but it, it seemed like it's like music to just kind of like to keep to like turn him off like that's a cool idea i don't think that wwe thought that much at this I point i wish they sold like i think that, that like i think that's a really cool idea that he like has like trigger music like he's like uh black widow or something like that i'm gonna put that music in and we'll <laughs> i'll put it in around here and we'll we'll do a comparison great okay. this is the entrance music <laughs> This is his victory music. Um, Bobby, I had a question for you. Uh huh. Burger King crowns. Yeah. Is that just to make fun of Jerry the King Lawler? Is there a Burger King in every stadium? Because I was watching the Raws leading up to this as well, and like the entire first row, all in Burger King. Crowns. You know what? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I did. I. I don't think it's either. I wonder if there was like a Burger King sponsorship. I don't know. I. Don't, I can't recall. Because I wasn't so tied into brand synergy when I was like eleven. <laughs> um, I wasn't. I was just like cool. Um, yeah, actually, I don't know. And I had another question for you. Did you ever call the superstar line? I often tried, <gasps> um, but there was like a lot of like waiting and backlog. They used to do also a show, Hotwire. I want to say it was called. It was Saturday mornings. It was like eleven o'clock a.m. and I tried to call literally every single week and never got through. And I can't imagine what it actually like. What would happen when you get through? You uh, I, I know to, what would what? happen is your dad would be like, "I just saw the fucking telephone bill." <laughs> We need to have a fucking like, talk. Truly, it was called. I think it was called Hotwire. Mm-hmm. That it was just. It was like a recap show, basically hosted by Todd Pettengill. Uh, it was like a recap show, and you the same thing. Like you called in, you would talk to whatever superstar. I guess it was like very like part Andy Cohen, part like <laughs> Chris Hardwick. Like, Watch what, what happens, huh? Hotwire. No Chris um, Hardwick on this okay. on this show. Canceled. Uh, but it was very. I used to try a lot, though. Again, I don't know what I expected to happen. Like, could you imagine they did answer and be like, "Hi." Well. <laughs> Bobby <laughs> well, this Hi. week we, we did have Brian Pillman, and I can't wait to see that guy in the ring because Holy this is shit. two specials now that we've seen with him just like spouting off. I don't um, think we ever see him in the ring. We sp- what? 
We see him do some things. Okay, I don't want to hear. But it. I don't think in the. I don't think we see him, or we see him wrestle very minimal matches. He gets injured very quickly, I believe, at a half show, and I feel like we don't see him. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, almost ever in the ring, but him and Steve Austin were tag team partners in WCW. Mm-hmm. Last um, so last time, uh, he mentioned raping. Mm-hmm. This time he goes and pillaging Eric. And don't sorry, think about a right, I always yeah pillaging he was, is he was doing he was doing his uh, crazy sexy Viking thing. Sure, crazy sexy Viking the uh, the, the new show album on by TLC. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this time it was they want to double team Sonny. <laughs> Which honestly, probably at the time was true. <sighs> they were everyone was. That's the thing. Hey. Uh, if if if, Look, it was something, if Sunny was cool with it, then yeah, I don't begrudge her owning her sexuality or whatever. But I'm just saying, uh, has I, someone put together like an oral history of WWE at this time? Well, no, that's there's this great website called like Pro Wrestling Stories or something, and mm-hmm. basically all they do is compile stuff from all these other wrestlers, like autobiographies and all these interviews and stuff, and basically just compile like oral histories based on that stuff. Yeah. And that's where I got all this stuff about Sonny or whatever. It's like all from their individual books and all from other interviews and stuff they've given in the past. Did but Sonny write about it in her Sunny, book? She's talked about it. I don't know if she has a book, but she's talked about it in interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. Podcasts and things. Because like, she'll show up. I mean, I, I, we have, we can have her here probably. Honestly. <laughs> I would love that. I'd love to ask her about the time that she had music playing in the background and she couldn't get the top off. <laughs> I'm sure she would love that. That's all she it. wants to talk about. Um, by the way, so what's the goal of the superstar line in terms of did do they finish the match and then they have to have a verbal match against yeah, each other? I, like, I, why I also, was everybody was there? Confused. Yeah, but also they're in separate rooms. Are they fighting? They all really mad. Like, are they? Yeah, they're all in the same building. Are they talking to each other? Are they? Are they mad at fans? Are they differently mad? I don't like. I'm so confused. And they seem like they were like arguing. Or, yeah. or like, but or were like, they arguing with each other though? Or were they talking to other people? Because also, why would they be uh, on the phone in the same building? But also, no, why I thought they, they were talking. I thought they were talking to Sonny and but stuff. But also, why would they set Did up a know? hotline to talk to your favorite superstars? Here? Hey, all right, listen, we have. Tw- Twitter now, but so before that, that's basically what we're doing now. They're sliding the DMs. <laughs> do you think? It, do you think for people who called in, it was mostly just like you get to listen to these other WWE super, WWF superstars talk to each other, and they're like, "Hey, welcome to the party line." <laughs> <laughs> well, you brought up uh, Brian Pillman's tag team partner, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Dude. and then we get into uh, Stone Cold versus Mark Marrow, which is basically the exact same match that we watched at King of the Ring. It's a little it's less good, good, but it's still, it's a little it's, less good than the King of the Ring match, but it's still a good match. It's a good match, yeah. On a card that had a lot of shitty matches, this was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It did okay. I noticed that there was already a, an Austin 316 sign. Like, it got, it immediately jumped it in. It caught fire. Oh, it absolutely. caught fire so quickly. He's great, and he's so, he's so good. Oh, he's so great, as, as the King told us, that, uh, he got an injury in the last match where his lip was split all the way to his chin. Like a hair lip is what he said. <laughs> it was it was like his entire face opened up and <laughs> beetles were falling out. Oh man. They they went to bone. It was skull it was a skull. There I noticed also um, in the entrances, I noticed that there was a guy ringside who had the same facial hair as Mark Marrow. Like which it, is a kind of a, a tough look to pull off, right? I was like, is he is he cosplaying? Is there he, was, is he Mero's brother? Like, there was also a lady with the same outfit as uh, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> that was me, actually. <laughs> I like this match Bobby. a lot, and it, it just 
it's so weird to watch these old pay-per-views because like I think we so we're so spoiled now by all of the flippies mm-hmm. that they do. They do so many flippies on yeah. TV now. Like everyone's so athletic with all the suicide dives and the planchos and like everyone like the tope suicidos and like all that stuff. Yeah, I think you said in the last one is like what a high flyer, uh, Mark Merrill. Cross body yeah. press, yeah. <laughs> But this one, he did a, a standing moonsault to the outside. That was pretty good. A flipping senton. I thought some really good, some good stuff out of him. I know all of those, and I was Dude, very impressed. Hey. No, I don't. Oh. I don't at all. I'm sorry. Oh, they were flipping sentons. The one where he does like a somersault onto him from the apron to the floor. Oh, okay, that was. And cool. then the moonsault's the backflip from the apron to the floor. He did on the other side of the ring. It was uh, those were some good spots. I noticed that this match had the second bridge of the night. Where somebody, I think Mero actually had Austin on top of him, and he bridged out of a pin. Uh, and that was that was two bridges in two matches. I'm keeping a bridge count. Wow. <laughs> Which one is the bridge too far? Yeah. <laughs> are you are you purposely trying to fucking handicap me? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I really just don't have much to say about this match because we just saw. The same thing. And it was just a good match. I feel like there was like no real story progression. I guess it might have been. I guess this was the blow off of this mm-hmm. view, and I imagine the program ends here. I can't really remember off the top of my head, but I imagine the program's going to end here. Um, except we did have a cut to Marlena and oh, a an creepy bellhop. Yeah, the- they said Usher, and I was like Usher. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next thing I knew. <laughs> But it was Marlena. <laughs> on- uh, Goldust comes out. The fall of the House of Usher, 1943. <laughs> It was Marlena on America Online, but I think Marlena's uh, understanding of America Online is that you have somebody type out a, a physical letter, because I'm pretty sure when they when she delivered that when when the usher de- delivered the envelope to the table, I think that was her version of an IM. Yeah, which, I'm so very which, confused. They never opened yeah, that right? envelope, right? It was Chekhov's it was, envelope. Yeah, it was the worst Chekhov's envelope. Yeah, it was so weird. In the middle of a match, the walk, I was like, I think, I think uh, the British Bulldog's wife was supposed to come out and open it at some point. <laughs> Jake the Snake, but he was in the bottom of the bottle somewhere. He couldn't come do it. Yeah, bottle uh, of Thunderbird. <laughs> so what, what Lawler says about uh, Austin is, he's the kind of guy who would shoot at the welcome wagon. Which, that just sounds like he's saying that Steve Austin is ungrateful. I feel like Jerry Lawler comes up with aphorisms that I'm like, has this ever been said by a human person ever in the history of time in memoriam? <laughs> like, ever, like, he just says like, like, sometimes you got beans coming out of your eyes. He's got a flapjack over the cuckoo nest. And you're like, what? It's a little like he, like, like came out of a coma. And, like, <laughs> and he has quite... Oh, actually, Eric, he just came out of a coma. <laughs> Eric, you're not allowed to accuse any of these people of having physical ailments anymore because it is a rough industry and they have given their it's bodies almost like to you had us. CTE. Oh, uh, yeah. No. Man, they all do, I know. That's the joke. Come on. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I love my role as like the, the Meredith Vieira of this podcast, just moderating us along. Um, and then we... you. You're being told you're going to watch Goldust versus The Undertaker uh, in 1996, and you're like, fuck yeah, I'm yeah. watching Goldust and Undertaker in, their in 1996, <laughs> and I'm watching half is just Goldust running away from The Undertaker. It was 
terrible. The fucking worst. So, what the fuck was this? A couple things about this. Uh, by the way, I want to point out, Jerry Lawler also said, you get some toothpaste uh, because I guarantee you some of his tooth are loose. I don't think he knows what toothpaste is. <laughs> I think it's like he got kicked in the in the face and he's like, you better get some toothpaste. You better paste them teeth That's back it. in. <laughs> it's, it's not like paste, like, like tooth glue. <laughs> But uh, one thing I have about about the Goldust versus Undertaker in the entrances, I have a note that was basically like, if you're seeing Goldust entrance in real life, it's the fucking most boring thing ever because all of that is post production. Mm-hmm. Everything was like a different frame rate and like like weird camera angles. But if you're just there, you're he's just this guy who's like kind of walking around. But he's wearing a wig. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. And, and Goldust has never been the most fashionable, but this outfit for I, tonight... I, my just... note was, I want to give Goldust a tailor. Like, <laughs> it is somehow both riding up in the front and the back. <laughs> like, how is this... How did you put this on and be like, I'm going to wrestle in this. I, I'm going to do intense physical exercise in this. I couldn't not like, look at his shit. dick. I could not not look ass. at his dick. I mean, like, everything, it was full... Also, it was like the ugliest color gold. His stuff, like his gear now, is like shiny and cool, and like a weird, like a weird print, like a checkerboard kind yeah, of like, like a weird almost like comb. Gucci print. It was Gucci mean Gucci mean. It was it was like gold on gold. It, it was wasn't bad. All of it was so bad. I also noted that they said the most bizarre individual in the history of the WWF. Like we didn't just see mankind. Like, well, he's the bizarre one, though, because uh, they can't right. say gay. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I mean, queer has always been weirder than crazy in WWF. Oh, so. yeah. Ugh. But Goldust, uh, this match is bad. They don't yeah. do much wrestling. Because Undertaker was just coming out of the period where he was still, like, no-selling, meaning that, like, he was, like, such a super-powered individual that, like, nothing could hurt him, so he didn't sell any of the moves. That was, like, his thing in, like, the earlier 90s. Yeah. And I feel like he's still kind of doing that. Though less so. Now, so the whole thing was just like awkward and slow and not fun. And like weird, weird shit like uh, Goldust grabbing the referee as though you're allowed to just use the referee as a human shield and For not so have the referee long. like not a call thing. the match. For so long too. By the way, I, I know, you know, we have a lot of time to talk about this, but Undertaker's entrance, mm-hmm. uh, seeing it in back then made me kind of realize how bad cell phones can be because it's very cool to see everything dark. I guess it's cool to see like the you know the little firefly type of thing With that Bray Wyatt, like Bray Wyatt yeah. has, but like it was very cool to see just absolute darkness uh, for his entrance. I also wondered what Chopin would think of Undertaker's entrance. <laughs> would he be like he's like that's why I wrote it. Yeah. I wrote it for fucking for a, for a heavy to walk out to. <laughs> Chopin just wanted to, like someone to pay him. So if, if, as long as he could get some royalties out of it, I think it would be fine. Hey, remember when you could just throw garbage at uh, the superstars and not get in trouble for it? <laughs> just like roll we'll up get, what? Napkins? Oh, this is barely anything compared to the, I mean, what happens fan behavior hey. in the main event. We'll oh, get, later. We'll get that. We'll get that. But yeah, no. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, this also, match was garbage, though, and deserved to be. Why, um, how much time does Goldust have to spend on on undoing the turnbuckle for no payoff? Well, honestly, I think what a lot of it was, it's interesting to see, I'm like thinking schematically about how the the ending, the finish worked with the, with the through the ring stuff. Mm-hmm. 
That I was trying to think of that too. So by like, the way, I like that. I thought oh, that I really was like it. I, it was I, like I, mankind whack-a-mole. Yeah, he popped out. It was good. I also thought he saw like the wire cutters after a while. The ref had to kick him aside because he obviously like cut his way out a little mm-hmm. bit. But I also think if you look the way Goldus is trying to undo the buckle, he's like laying more. He's not like right in the corner. He's like kind of at an angle. So I wonder if there's like a weak spot in the ring there and there for when they did this spot. Oh, I yeah, I was I was looking for like stitches or something yeah. to see if it would come through. Yeah. Um, I also liked when the entire audience was cheering for the Undertaker to murder Marlena. <laughs> yes, He's got the steel steps. Hit a woman! Hit a woman! God, what, what, a, what an awful, what a dark timeline. God, the 90s. And then just every now and then you'd get punctuated with a, a Paul Bearer just like, oh! oh yes. Paul Bearer sounded like, uh, do you ever play uh, Super Mario World 2? Of course. He sounded like Baby Mario, Mario a couple times there. Just like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> uh, I also noted that after this match, the security guard was doing a terrible job behind the announcer's table. This is not the. Like, this is mugging. like the first of many times that I think the Vancouver, whatever stadium that was, just didn't live up to the task of hosting a WWF <laughs> event because they just didn't know how to fucking control anything. Yeah, Everything it was, was a, a mess. Months. It was a nightmare because they were focused on the announcer for so long. Cause they were obviously like trying to like fix the ring and like after the two holes came through and all the smoke, and so they were like spending so much time the announce team and behind them were all those fucking doofuses all those canucks just sitting there like being monsters and security being like no fun here yeah they were like vamping for time it was a lot of stuff and there's like smoke they're like i think the ring's on fire but also i I feel like we're kind of glossing over mankind erupts from the ring pulls the undertaker into the abyss beneath smoke shoots out mankind comes back out again the undertaker emerges from the ring and then they like the battle continues like that is that's fun. Oh, into, that was, that into is the boiler very room. fun. Yes. And the, do you know what that's setting up? The boiler room match? The boiler you know, room brawl, Oh, yes. I know. Fucking Gorilla Monsoon great. covered that shit. I, rem- you know, I remember that and being like, oh my God. I am very glad that at the end of WWE pay-per-views now, they don't like go to uh, Vince McMahon and like interview him about what's going to happen at the next event anymore. Because <laughs> they wanted to watch Raw the next night to get all that shit. <laughs> Meanwhile, this these Raws were filmed like weeks in advance. <laughs> <laughs> um, if this man is still alive, <laughs> if he shows up, the ultimate warrior is going to fuck shit up. Ultimate warrior or TBD. If we can sober be... up Jake Roberts, we will. <laughs> oh, that was the one when Jerry Lawler was like, it's a good thing that the undertaker did try to burn the ashes of uh, Jake Cream Roberts. It would take four days. It would take four bur- days for the ashes to, to go out. I was like, what? Is that because he's soaked, soaked because in alcohol? Because he's, he's soaked in, in alcohol. Yeah. But that would but burn faster. A, That's what I mean. Accelerate. That's why the whole... I was like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> yeah. Jerry Waller is bad at saying things. That's good. I, me- I remember when I was a kid, I didn't watch... Not this one. This one, I remember... Back then, I never got to pay buy a pay-per-view. But I always... Uh, they would do the recaps in WWE Magazine, basically. And they have like the photo spread and like literally the play-by-play of what happened. Uh, and then I would also watch it scrambled, like on pay per view. So <laughs> well, I could hear it, and I can like kind of see part of it. I remember watching I porn Boy that way. It's like, oh, I think I saw a tit. I watched CNBC that way. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I think I got a tip. <laughs> so then we had it comes to the main event. Uh, first, we had an interview with. Leather Daddy Shawn Michaels. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Um we Coke had... out of his mind. 
We had Ahmed Johnson, who had just been to the mall and got his airbrush shirt. It's like, am I gonna get also the, coked out of his mind? Am I gonna get the uh, the the unicorn in front of the rainbow? Am I gonna get uh, Jack Nicholson from uh, The Shining, or am I gonna get me in big airbrush all over my shirt? Did have an I had an Ahmed poster. I had an Undertaker, Bret Hart, and Shawn Michaels poster hanging in my bedroom around this time. And then, um, and then we have Psycho Sid. Which I want to I want to talk about Psycho Sid before we get into the main event Please. a little bit, because um, first Eric, you will be uh, interested to know that Sid is the father of multiple time Big Brother contestant Frank Udy. What I didn't know this. Yeah. Wait. What? Yeah, he was on two summers ago. I want to say uh, the the first one with Paul. Yeah. Wait, which one was Frank? Frank Frank is the one who looks like a smaller version of Psycho Sid. Uh, can I... I'm, I'm, hold on. I just want to look it up. Frank what? Frank Udy. E-U-D-Y. What? Let me see, let me see. What? It's Frank? That's... Oh my god. Let us know when we're back to it. We're back. Wow. This is back. We're cutting right to that. Frank, you Holy need to shit. get it. Psycho Sid could also get it. <laughs> Psycho Frank? Now, Psycho Sid, his first incarnation was Sid Vicious. Well, actually, no. His first was, he was known as Lord Humongous, which was basically just rip off, completely also, rip that's off my of, uh, Mad Max? of Mad Wax. Yeah, Road Warrior. Um, but he be- then became Sid Vicious, which he was just like, oh, that's a name that somebody else called himself. You would think. I'm yeah. just going to call myself that. Then he was Sid Justice. Like, so he was a heel as Sid Vicious. Sid Justice sounds familiar to me. Face as Sid Justice, which makes me think there were other Sids in there too. Um, one thing I have to say about Psycho's... Sid Competent. He was Sid Competent. <laughs> or was he found Sid Competent <laughs> by, the, by the state? Um, I'm Sid Irritated. I'm, uh, I'm uncomfortable with Psycho Sid's diagnosis. <laughs> I I think it's as an very, mental health. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think it's very insensitive, and also like not to you know not to stigmatize psychoness, but it would be a little bit more fun if he uh, if he like uttered nonsense in his promos. Like he kind of made more sense, and I wanted him to just be like, oh yeah. If I watched the three of these guys who interview, I'd be like, I'd point to I met Johnson, and be like, he's the psycho one, right? He's the psycho. He's the psycho. <laughs> He's the psycho, wait, right? Wait, you would look Which at a guy with, 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 with zebra leather and you would go, no, 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 he's fine. No, no I guys. would pick the guy with his own airbrush t- t- shirt on. I'd be like, <laughs> you okay, sir? You need some help, little buddy? You need some help? But also, I, 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 again, I need to go into his past a little bit more because um, he was also a member of Ric Flair's famous stable, The Four Horsemen. And he was brought into The Four Horsemen when the four horsemen were feuding with Sting and RoboCop. Wait, li- actual RoboCop? Actual RoboCop. I don't know, and this is news. Bobby right now is waving his hands I, in the air. I can't. I'm going <laughs> like a Muppet? Full Muppet. I can't. I, that, I'm, I, I'm so WCW ignorant. Um, that is shocking and not at all shocking at the same time. Yeah, so so they needed to, to combat the, the overwhelming force that was RoboCop, so they brought Sid into, uh, into the picture. Yeah, the other fun fact about Sid Vicious is that uh, Sid Vicious Psycho Sid is that his hair is actually chicken flavor ramen noodles, <laughs> <laughs> and and it's it looks like it's like 
about 15 seconds into when you add the water. I will say, I aesthetically, Psycho Sid is also pioneering something I'm very proud of to see Drew McIntyre continue, which is like the big hairy titties that I'm very into. <laughs> <laughs> he got the big hairy titties, and I'm very into it. Uh, Drew McIntyre is a similar body type, also very into that, despite the long hair. Uh, these three, the people. He's just kind of going like going back into that Diesel role, isn't he? Drew McIntyre? No. Oh. Psycho Sid? Psycho Sid. What's yes. the Diesel role? He was sort of like uh, Shawn Michaels' muscle. Oh. Because yeah, Shawn Michaels yeah, a little yes. guy. Diesel's there, a big guy. There's an argument to be made that the Attitude Era actually started with Shawn Michaels and Diesel's match at one of the In Your Houses. Yeah. Was this before this? It was. Yeah, bef- yeah it was before. Okay. But Diesel and uh, Razor Ramon went over to WCW, and that was part of like the the big feud that went on between the two and the monday night wars is razor ramon gonna come back or or do i miss him completely oh no don't tell me don't tell me me. uh can i just say also Shawn michaels is dressed like a backup dancer for mc hammer no you don't think he's mc hammer no i don't think mc hammer's accurate no 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 i think he's like a backup dancer for like a 90s george michael okay 90s george michael or janet jackson Maybe Janet Jackson. It's a little During, too like, whimsical. If? It's a little too whimsical for Janet. Okay. At true. this point. I'm just gonna let you guys have this one. Now. I feel like I feel like George Michael I could see. Culture Club. Culture Club. Uh, maybe even like uh an express yourself pre erotica Madonna, I feel like. Okay. Could, I get that. Be. Um it's a lot of leather. Category is <laughs> <laughs> I mean like leather zebra print chaps I mean like unbelievable they were like making gold dust being queer as like a like a weird heel thing and like their biggest face in the company is like this like motorcycle Tom of Finland pretty boy it's like unbelievable could you imagine him being in the sun for any amount of time and like the tan lines he would get because it's the amount of skin he shows it's all like geometrical like it would it would just it would be like a weird like a like a upside down T. Well, if we're getting into outfits, there's something on Ahmed Johnson that I'm very confused about. Okay, it's not this the the shirt. N- not is the it? shirt. Okay, because like I've seen elbow pads, which makes sense because there's like contact in your elbows. I've seen knee pads, which makes sense. I don't quite understand the purpose of thigh pads, <laughs> <laughs> and I would really like someone to explain to me why thigh pads. When you're a professional skater, I don't know. Yeah, like is what? It's very. I was like, why pads coming like, from Apple this summer? <laughs> it is bizarre. His ring gear is nuts. And the people's posse, which Oof. I mean, like they're not a thing. So, no. but they just decided they needed to give them a name for this. But they all came out separate. They all, and so I thought interesting that they also started this match off. You would think that the heels would all enter first. They all enter together. So you think they would all come out first, right? Yeah. Then you would think they would do Ahmed Johnson, Sid, the WWE champ- the WF champion, Shawn Michaels. For the pop. Yeah. Like, yes. that's how you do these things. Like, anything no, no, I've no, ever no. seen, like, that's how it works. Like, the heels <laughs> will come out first. Especially if the heels are coming out at once, they come out first, then the least famous, the second most famous, then the big champ, star of the show. Instead, Shawn Michaels comes out first. Fans topple the barricade. <laughs> they are so excited. It is like... They are crushed at like a Who concert. Like it is once again a, what? a failure of the Vancouver Stadium. <laughs> People are running up and hugging him, and he's like, "All right, this is cool." It was like I was like, "What? Huh?" Uh, yes, it's crazy. I want to also say about the entrance mm-hmm. that when Shawn Michaels goes into the ring and he's dancing, 
it kind of reminds me of um, you know that event for horses dressage. Oh yes, yes. It, that's what it looks like. It looks like he's a fancy horse. Well, first of all, what's really funny, but that you mentioned that is that there definitely is like moments in time where like Shawn Michaels wears a very fancy French braid, which looks very much so like a horse doing dressage. <laughs> Maybe and I never kind of thought about it until you just said it. And truly, I think the horse break kid is my favorite thing I've ever thought. <laughs> my horse prince. <laughs> but really, you guys like honestly. So Shawn Michaels' gimmick is he's a. Sh- stripper right like that's right like that's literally the gimmick like not he's kidding a not a stud joke. horse stripper he's, a, he's, he's just a sexy, sexy boy. boy he's not a boy toy the heartbreak kid he comes out all this like leather garb he strips it all off he's a horse toy. I, I, <laughs> the horse break kid horse toy sean michaels hbk oh boy um, so a fun match it was like, very fun fun very yeah. fun. I thought, I thought it put Shawn Michaels over huge as like being gutsy and doing great moves. I think I think actually everyone looked great. Um, that Johnson had some like really great power moments when he bought when he uh, slammed Vader. That was great and super cool. When British yeah. Bulldog vertical to the delayed vertical suplex. The vertical. Did he lift Sid up by his dick? <laughs> Probably not, but it looked like it was close, <laughs> like a nightstick <laughs> or like a lever. Just like going up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that 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 vertical was give me weird. a large dick and a place to put it and i can move the universe how much do you weigh how hard can you be yeah. this is the match though where a fan bum rushes the ring and almost gets in amazing like really i mean like truly unbelievable and ahmed johnson looked like he was gonna fuck and him up Bulldog, yeah, they both like ran towards the guy was like oh never mind <laughs> he he got to the top rope yeah that was amazing. Remember, remember, like a, a couple pay per views in like real time ago, where that kid got selected. You know, like that fucking like oh, VIP. Nicholas? Yeah, yeah, the Braun Strowman thing. Braun Strowman yeah, yeah, picked Braun him, Strowman. and that kid didn't want to do anything. This guy would have been the guy to pick because he he definitely was ready to do high flying shit. Yeah, he was ready to. He was going to just get on the top rope, shooting star press. He was going to do the whole nine. And it was also during like one of the quieter parts of the match it was yeah, like Vader during like had a fucking Shawn sleeper Michaels. or something yeah he had him in that in that sort of like headlock i guess i don't know what even the, it wasn't a sleeper but whatever it was it was not great and yeah, um boring. but then it's funny you could see them like kind of talking about it during it you could see like someone was like what's happening and vader's like oh god try to jump in the ring it's fine i got it under control that's <laughs> 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 gonna take him they gotta don't worry about it. we're cool we're cool and they did a really good job just keeping the camera on not that guy yeah, just yeah. not encourage even though all anyone sees like show me that guy want yeah. to see that guy just, just it was something. actually it was pussy riot yeah <laughs> um, it was James Ellsworth actually <laughs> young James Ellsworth I really like the Oklahoma role between Heartbreak Kid and Owen I kind of I thought that was really fun I thought like, the whole the whole Owen Shawn Michaels sequence was really good like really good wrestling like, wrestling that's so good that you don't usually see it then yeah back in these days yeah, I mean, I thought they also use Owen Hart a lot to like he 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 pulled that move where he accidentally would get his teammate. He that happened twice in that match. There was also uh, the third bridge of the night, mm-hmm. another bridge. Uh, yeah, it was no. This was a fun one. Oh, and then let's see, what else do I have? You could call this Madison County because there's so many bridges. There's so many bridges. <laughs> I don't know how many there are in that one, but <laughs> there was a point in this match. There was. There was Psycho Sid wants Shawn Michaels to give him a chest bump. And he wants it yeah. so bad. 
and he's we the camera is showing us this very closely and Sid is going to Sean give me a chest bump give me a chest bump and Shawn Michaels slaps him on the chest and he's like no I want a this chest is bump, a bump right? with your chest with your chest and then Shawn Michaels finally got I was like this is agony it is <laughs> agony to watch this please show me and can we cut to Diana in the locker room? Like, what? I can't. Sid also can't. was really big into, like, getting everybody close and holding them. Like, he was just happy to the be match. there. He, he really was. But was, was. Was there supposed to be another person in that ring? Like, Ultimate Warrior. It was supposed to be Ultimate Warrior. But then they replaced him with Psycho Sid. But Psycho Sid was a heel when we last saw him. And the last time we saw him, he powerbombed Shawn Michaels five times in a row. Like, essentially, like, tried to murder Shawn Michaels. So everyone was like, why are you here? Like, it made no sense. But truly. He looked real excited. Like, I, I fucking, I liked his, the choke slams. Uh, I thought he, like, they did that thing that they always do with, like, with a, a tag team match where, like, Sid was the guy who clears the ring. Yeah. And, like, he, mm-hmm. he got fucking, the hot tag. Yeah, it was, and it was a fun, it was a fun sequence for him. I was well, happy. Well, Sid's. The kind of guy that you could believe could clear the ring. He's like Roman Reigns in that way. Like he's he's the guy that he... he's a little bit like Frank in the in Big Brother. Where <laughs> you really can see he can clear the house. I thought the crowd went ape shit at the end. Like they really really had a lot of fun with it. Well, because a lot of the really fun stuff happened after the match was over. Oh my god, they they waited well, they until had, after they, the, the they had count. to give it to Cam Cornette because otherwise Jim Cornette would have to pay seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars, <laughs> eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen million dollars. We don't know, guys. We're just estimating. <laughs> Do you think that this pay per view netted? Seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars. No, actually, so I, uh, this is uh, a known fact. This set a record as the lowest buy rate of a WWF pay per view at the time, and it is a the lowest buy rate they would have until the following December. It's a real international um, incident. It's a, yeah, it truly. <laughs> was. It was so bad. It, it's it was it's not just bad in retrospect. Like it was bad when it happened. Uh, it's just bad. Uh, I like. I really like the power bombs. All the power bombs after the match were super fun. I feel like they kind of tried to uh, get Psycho Sid off the hook with a Vader power bomb, yeah. like because he, he was just like, "I'm gonna do it." I was like, "Oh my god, this would be amazing!" And they're like, "We'll pull, we'll pull Vader away." Yeah. Like, but I also feel like it was weird watching them do it. Uh, I would just like wonder how much the power bomb has evolved over time because uh, it was so fast the way he was doing it. It was like there was now when you see a power bomb done. They bring him up on the shoulders. They keep him there for a minute. Like everybody's like, "Are you safe? Are you safe? Okay, go. Okay, go." And we're clear. Like, and then he was like, "Whoop!" And like, it was, you could see them like in midair, like adjusting really quickly. And I was like, "That's how fucking people break vertebrae, dude. This is no wonder." But you could see the difference in like how they were handling that. It's such a common move. Um, do you guys think that Camp Cornette sounds like it'd be a fun summer camp? <laughs> Better than Camp WWE. Oh my that god! Out, right? network, a show I've never seen, but even the commercials Wait. like you want to reach inside my body and pull out my own soul and then crush it in my own. You hands. didn't watch it with us. We watched it. Once. I've never seen an episode. We, it seems I, absolutely awful. I hate to admit it because I don't want Vince McMahon to think that we like that he won in any way. But we definitely, after one of our one of the pay per views, like in I don't know, probably in the last year or two, we watched. Camp WWE, and we were just like, "This is so awful, bad." And even just, the commercials, there was like one where I don't know, what, but it was longer ago than that because it was two years ago, yeah. three years ago, when we, when we lived together, when, and we were like, "We can just keep watching everything. <laughs> we'll just watch until one of us falls asleep." That's what me and him do now. Yeah, <laughs> basically, that that was uh, the ending. And then they got to do the setup for SummerSlam. 
I like how McMahon uh, says, this has been an international incident for sure. Several international incidents. Like, I feel like... At, at the end of at the end of SummerSlam, they don't go like this has been a real SummerSlam, guys. <laughs> we have completely WrestleMania'd. <laughs> so many opportunities to WrestleMania tonight. We have survived the series. We have put money in the bank. Uh, I also like the the boiler room match announcement. <sighs> I, so good. We'll let him go and see what happens, which made it sound like it was like a wrestling road trip. <laughs> like they just travel the world just fighting each other in different places oh, man. if we could talk this much about a really shitty pay-per-view i'm excited to see what happens uh what happens next don't time. tell me if it's a, the next one that's a good one. Oh my god i forgot all the papers used to be presented by stridex <laughs> <laughs> it's very 90s and i would i bought it i used to like buy the stridex patent and be like did you did it did it work for you? I, I feel don't know. Like... I, I I never talked about this. My mom told me when I first appeared, she's like, um, I will not tolerate acne in this house, and so I was like fastidious, like nobody's business. Your mom <laughs> said I will not tolerate acne. Yeah, that's and a I thing. always had really good skin. Yeah, I never I never really had like uh, any bad breakouts. Because because your mom I willed it so your mom wouldn't tolerate it. it. Yeah, she threw it down, and I was like, okay. Well, brought to you by Stridex. For years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards. And we end every episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammies in a segment we call For Your Reconsideration. Gentlemen, what are your Slammies for this one? I didn't have anything for last time, so I came with two to be (laughs) overprepared. I have Squealer of the Yearler goes to... (laughs) Wait, Yearler? Squealer of the Yearler (laughs) goes to, I think, Mankind and Paul Bearer because there was a lot of like... And then <laughs> they both. I can't pick a favorite. They're both absolutely um, otherworldly in what they do. And then, okay, I also have a bridge too far <laughs> goes to international incident with at least three bridges that I could count. Um, if I went back, I'm sure I'd count more. But they were real big into bridges, and they would comment on every one of them. Um, I'm going with the PETA Wants to Vomit Award to Mark Marrow and Sable for all the leather. Just everything just draped in leather. I'm going to give two. Uh, I'm going to give the Smokin' Hot Award in an upset to Psycho Sit. (laughs) I know. You thought I was going one way. Took a turn. Them hairy titties get me every time. Psycho Sid. And then I'm going to give the uh, in memoriam slammy, of course, to Cloudy. And that's <laughs> RAP gone too soon, you beautiful angel. I feel like Cloudy wasn't recognized as, uh, you know. Thank you. Finally giving him the due she deserves. As, yeah. as she should have been. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say hottest goes to Sunny. Oh, <laughs> not after that video. I need someone to take their top off. Mm. Love us? Disagree? Hate us so much it makes your brain hurt? Let us know. You can email us at HelenaCellPhone at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at HelenaCellPod, or each of us individually at Eric at PrimeSilver, Bobby at BobbyHank, or Aaron at SlowPass. Please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure you join us next time for SummerSlam 1996. Guys, it's SummerSlam. 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 <laughs>
Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Wait, wait, hold on. I can't leave on that note because honestly, Boiler, I'm like, what other matches could there possibly be? Do you want to do like a, a server room match? <laughs> it's just a bunch of servers. Do you want to, should we do it? We're doing like, an under the an under the ring match. We're going to have a broom closet match. It's, I want it to be a Boiler Room match, but like a tie into the movie Boiler Room with Giovanni Ribisi oh and, uh, uh, and what's Vin, his face? Vin Diesel. What's his face comes, who's the one who gives like the, the Alec Baldwin speech in Boiler Room? Is it Ben Affleck? I think it's Ben Affleck. It's Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck comes in, talks them up. They also maybe have a... a... You'll be fading out during this, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. They'll also have a custodian who's just trying to get his job done. <laughs> like, poor dude. Like, why are they throwing everything?